You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. Studies have shown that eating whole grains will lower your cholesterol as well as manage your blood glucose levels. What is the advantage of a whole grain diet in the management of diabetes? Joining us to discuss myths and facts in a whole grain diet for people living with diabetes is dietitian and certified diabetes educator in New York City, Lorena Drago. I am Janice Baker, registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator, sitting in for Dr. Stephen Edelman. Lorena, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Lorena, what are the differences between whole grains and refined grains? Well, whole grain is the grain in its most natural form. Uh, Just like an egg is made of the shell, the yolk, and the white, the whole grain is made of three different layers. Uh, These layers are the bran, which is the outer shell, and that contains phytochemicals, fiber, B vitamins, and minerals like calcium, magnesium, iron, copper, and zinc. Then we have the other layer, which is the endosperm. That's the inner portion that contains most of the carbohydrate, protein, and some B vitamins and phytochemicals. Then the germ is the inner core. That contains the B vitamins, vitamin E, unsaturated fats, phytochemicals, and antioxidants. The difference between whole grains and refined grains is that the whole grain must contain those three layers, bran, endosperm, and germ, while the refined grain only contains the endosperm, which is that inner portion that contains mostly carbohydrate in addition to protein and some of the B vitamins. So we are really not getting our money's worth when we are consuming more refined grains. So uh, another question, Lorena, does eating whole grains shrink belly fat? I know that we all strive for that six-pack. So naturally, when I first saw the study, I was very excited that one ingredient or one food can actually help shrink belly fat. However, uh, there might be an element of truth to that statement. There was a study that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition in January of 2008, and in this study, 50 obese men and women who included whole grains, such as oatmeal, whole grain cereal, barley, brown rice, entered a a 12-week weight loss program. And even though they lost about the same amount of weight between 8 to 11 pounds, the group that ate more whole grains lost more belly fat than the individuals that chose refined grains. How can eating whole grains help prevent type 2 diabetes? Well, it seems that there are two mechanisms. One is that by eating more whole grains, it helps to reduce insulin resistance. And it also decreases fasting insulin. In the Penn State study that that I just mentioned, all the subjects, both the men and the women, had metabolic syndrome, which is the combination of abdominal obesity, elevated blood glucose levels, and hypertension. And those individuals were able to increase their insulin sensitivity. 
There have been other studies to support this finding. Uh, the Framingham Offspring Cohort Study showed that there was a 32% lower prevalence of metabolic syndrome in groups that had a higher intake of whole grains compared to those who ate fewer whole grains. And in another study of overweight, hyperinsulinemic adults that also consumed a whole grain diet for six weeks, their fasting insulin was 10% lower during the time that they were consuming whole grain diet. And even the American Diabetes Association recommendations recommend whole grains to reduce uh, type 2 diabetes. Along those lines, how do whole grains manage blood glucose levels and cholesterol? Well, Mm -hmm. the mechanism is that it might improve carbohydrate metabolism and improve the glycemic response. So just to, to recap, carbohydrate, as I always tell my patients, is the ingredient in foods or the substance in foods that will most Uh, that will have the most impact on blood glucose levels. So when consuming whole grains, if there is an improvement in the carbohydrate metabolism, then the glycemic response is going to be better. Uh, Also, another aspect of consuming whole grains is that it may enhance health by lowering the blood levels of the C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation in the body. So high C-reactive protein levels are linked with an increased risk of heart disease and low levels with low risk. So even, again, to mention the Penn State study, that the subjects that consumed uh, more whole grain had an average decline of the CR protein of about 38%. Um, Other studies have shown that increased levels of the CRP have been linked to consumption of refined grains. And also, whole grains may lower cholesterol levels in part because of the high level of the viscous, the soluble fiber that they contain. So overall, we see that whole grains is much more so than a food that is high in fiber. We see that it can improve uh, not just cardiovascular uh, disease, but diabetes and even promote healthy body weight. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on Reach MD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Janice Baker, and I'm speaking with Lorena Drago. We are discussing myths and facts in a whole grain diet for people living with diabetes. How much whole grain should a patient with diabetes eat every day? Is there a difference between type 1 and type 2? Both type 1 and type 2 will benefit from a diet that is rich in whole grains. And the recommendation is three servings per day, 16 grams of whole grain, which means 48 grams of whole grains per day. And many of the studies that I have mentioned before that benefit um, individuals with the metabolic syndrome type, uh, I mean, diabetes as well as cardiovascular disease, all showed improvements with the consumption of 48 grams of whole grains, or three servings of 16 grams each. One serving is equivalent to half a cup of cooked brown rice, half a cup of whole wheat pasta, or half a cup of oatmeal. So we are not talking here about vast amounts of foods. And 
you can see all the health benefits that one can achieve with just three servings per day of whole grains. So if someone has one cup of oatmeal in the morning for breakfast, that person has already consumed 32 grams of the 48 that they need for the day. And if at lunchtime they have half a cup of rice, they have already consumed at least three servings of the whole grain. There is quite a bit of misinformation as it relates to the word whole grain. What words sound like whole grain but are actually not? I like to call those the whole grain imposters. Um, they sound good, they sound healthy, and I think this is the part that we as healthcare professionals need to educate and differentiate the imposters from the real whole grains. And I just want to reiterate, as I had said before, most individuals are aware of the term whole grain foods, and many of them know that whole grains are healthy. Um, however, most of them only think that whole grain is whole wheat. As long as they eat whole wheat bread, they think that they are consuming enough whole grains. When you hear people say, let me have multi-grain bread, most likely it's not a whole grain. Uh, semolina pasta is not a whole grain. Honey wheat and my favorite enriched wheat flour. It sounds wonderful, healthy, powerful, but unfortunately it's not whole grain. Yes, it's amazing what those words can convince us things are, that they're actually not. So, Lorena, what are the types of whole grain foods that are out there? I think the most common ones, oats uh, or oatmeal, whole corn, brown rice, quinoa, which is a grain from South America. It's very high in protein. And also when we have, when, uh, we have uh, wild rice, barley, buckwheat, wheat berries, and I think that the key is to look at the ingredients. The word whole, W-H-O-L-E, before the type of grain must appear in order for the consumer to know that they are eating a whole grain. So it should say whole wheat, for example, uh, and that is essential. Other products, um, cereals and some breads, carry a whole grain council stamp. It is visible on most of the packaging. It is yellow and black, and the stamp indicates whether the product has either 8 grams or 16 grams of whole grains per serving. So you really have to be a food label, food ingredient detective in order to ensure that you're actually getting the whole grain when you're purchasing cereals, breads, and crackers. Another question, Lorena, how does the use of technology, such as recording dietary intakes or menu planning, help your patients? I want to bring up a, a study that was published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine. And this was a study uh, conducted by uh, Kaiser Permanente Center for Health Research in which participants who kept food journals or food diaries lost almost double the weight of their non-journaling counterparts. So it is so common for all of us to pick and eat during the day, and we think that those items do not count. We also tend to underestimate the number of calories that we consume, and every one of us is guilty of that. When we have to record 
the foods that we put and the beverages and the snacks that we put in our mouths, we are much more conscious of what we are eating. We do more conscientious eating. And instead of just doing mindless eating, and that certainly has helped because most of us have the use of PDAs, Blackberries, different applications on our phone, it has become very easy to track down the amounts of foods that we eat and that we drink. So it's definitely a very helpful tool. I would like to thank our guest, dietitian in New York City, Lorena Drago. Lorena, thank you so much for spending time with us in Diabetes Discourse. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Uh, Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients. That's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.